There's something so indescribably sexy about you standing in the middle of a crowd. Uh, this is going to hurt you a lot more than it will me, I'm happy to say. Mornings are about to get nasty. It's the Mizzy Bender Show. Good morning, everybody. You're watching Mizzy Bender on Mornings with Mizzy, or you're listening to us on the Mizzy Bender Show, depending on what platform you are listening or watching on. I say us because I have amazing Jack from Triple X Playground uh, with us. Hello, Jack. Hey, how you doing? Very good. So he and I started a conversation maybe a month or two ago, and my gosh, we like discussed so many things for a couple hours and decided that we needed to create this little mini series with us. Uh, so yeah. we have several topics that we're going to be going through over the next several weeks, but today is really about getting to know who he is what his platform, what his businesses all are, and really get to have an understanding of his journey and why we are where we are today. Um, so with that being said, I'm going to hand it over to you and just just start spewing, man. Okay, here we go. Well, thank you for having me, number one, and believing in me and my brand. I mean, the support and the love that you've shown me thus far, even before beginning the series, is uncomparable. Um I definitely find you as uh, a unique person. And I think that your show is amazing and you're an amazing person. Mm -hmm. So I feel very grateful to be on the show. Mm -hmm. uh, I would love to explain and just uh, my myself and just so that people could get more familiar with me and my brand. So thank you for this platform. Yeah, and so here we go. So my name is Jack Polo and um, I started Triple X Playground going on 20 years ago. But I didn't launch until 2019. Um, I was developing products and and conceptualizing services to see, you know, you know, exactly how I was going to turn this into a business and how it would make sense. And uh, I like to do things that have integrity and just add value. So I wanted to make sure that this brand, these brands would do exactly that. And that meaning triple X playground and anything that falls under that umbrella. Um, so in doing that, just so I could backpedal a little bit, I come from the music industry. I, I was in the music industry for about uh, 30 years. Um, I'm 53 by the way. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I come from that. I'm a New Yorker, uh, native New Yorker, born and raised in, in Queens and um, Corona Queens, and then moved to Jackson Heights. And I I was born in 69, but hip hop was born in 73. So in that era of growing up as a toddler and a young baby, you know, I was influenced by this music that was surrounding me. And I was just captivated by the music. And I naturally wanted to be a DJ and from that, as I grew up, I became a DJ, then I wanted to produce, and I went to audio, audio engineering school. And my journey in music was amazing because it was at the pinnacle point of, of well, it was at the birth of hip-hop, but it was completely New York. New York was hip-hop everywhere, all five boroughs. So that's all I saw. Mm -hmm. So that's all I saw. And that's all I knew. I lived and breathed it, and I became, I guess, what you would call a b-boy. I grew up in that way. 
eventually I became a producer. Hey, what's a boy? You know, like uh, you know, break dancing, graffiti, oh, okay. DJing, rapping. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I, I was into that a lot, my entire life, and then ultimately I ended up working in a recording studio, which happened to be a legendary studio called Power Play Studios, where everyone recorded their albums um, in the late '80s and throughout the '90s. Every rap group you could think of that came out of New York recorded there because that was the place to be. So I met everyone, and I was even there that much more influenced. I went on to uh, sign a record deal with Sony after a bidding war, and I became an artist, and I was on tour. But then I took a hiatus. Uh, just the nature of how I grew up, first generation, you know, coming from immigrants, first generation, uh, you know, Hispanic in, 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 in New York. I got myself into a lot of trouble just being in the streets and growing up tough. It was it was pretty rough. The, the neighborhoods you mentioned, I mean, mm -hmm. were pretty aggressive neighborhoods to begin with. Yeah. So I'm not surprised to hear that that is how it turned out. Well, when my parents came to this country, my father was drafted to Vietnam, like, immediately. He didn't even speak English. Oh, man. So, yeah, he was out there, and my mother was alone, pregnant with me, and we were in Corona living in a church, in a basement of a church. Like, we were poor. And then when my father came back, he was like, no, we're moving. And he moved us to Jackson Heights, which was better because it was a predominantly Irish neighborhood at the time. Mm -hmm. And it was just a better neighborhood. And, uh, you know, slowly as we grew up, it, it changed. You know, it became uh, more Latino based and then it became ultimately became Little India, mm -hmm. Jackson Heights. But but it's it's a melting pot of culture there. There's people from all around the world, which was a plus for me growing up and just being surrounded by all these different cultures and the and and the power, uh, you know, the influence of hip hop, it just gave me the diversity and that understanding of different cultures, which I think made me more well rounded as an adult. You know, so I can live anywhere very because adaptable. I'm, yeah, very adaptable, like a chameleon, right? Yeah. And and then uh, so you know, after about 2010, I got really sick. And because I used to be in the clubs all the time and I drank and, you know, and, you know, that's you're in the club, you have drinks. I wasn't much of a drinker, but I would drink a lot. Anyway, uh, long story short, my gallbladder burst and I was dying. So I didn't know that. And I just collapsed. I ended up in the hospital. My mom called the ambulance that um, I ended up in the hospital. They did a emergency surgery on me and um, they scraped me up and cleaned me out. Um, they saved my life, basically. Um, and that's the that's the gist of it, right? Uh, but I ended up staying in the hospital for eight weeks for recovery, which at which point when I came out, all my entire recording studio and my masters from 26 years of masters were in a storage and they sold my storage unit for lack of payment. And no one took care of it for me and my phone had changed. So there was no way to reach me. When I came home recovered, barely recovered, I was still recovering. I was an outpatient. I lost everything that was my identity, you know, as a music producer. And I was just fathomed. That triggered me. From your mental health standpoint, how did that go? Because, I mean, I imagine you being in, like, disarray from just the experience you just had. Oh, yeah. They had me on severe painkillers. I was on Dilaudid, which is, like, right close to, it's stronger than morphine. That's like heroin. And, you know, I don't take those kind of things. So I was, I was really, really discombobulated mentally i was i couldn't really i had no emotional reaction because i was so foggy from the medication and just 
so depressed. I went into a state of depression that I didn't know what to do. And, um, you know, it's not like I could get the, I, I tried to get my studio back, try to buy it back from whoever bought it. I was, I really wanted my masters and my hard drives mm -hmm. so I can continue. But to no avail, they have policies where they can't tell you who they sold anything to, but legally. So at the end, they had an auction with my stuff. They had a heyday with, with my entire recording studio. And this was about a quarter of a million dollars in equipment. Yeah. But that's not the loss. To me, I could have replaced that. It was the masters that you can't replace. And so I said, what am I going to do now? And like I said, I was depressed. And, you know, I let um, I let the wrong side of my mind, honestly, take charge. And I really got myself into a lot of trouble. Um, I fast forward a few years later, I got indicted for attempt to distribute oxycodone. And I'm not a drug dealer. I've never sold drugs. So for me, that was like, you know, I, I hit rock bottom and I made a lot of money, but money isn't everything. I'll tell you that. Yeah. And um, I went and I went away for a hiatus. You know, I, I caught a seven and then that turned to two or six and a half, which turned to five, ended up doing five years in a federal system. But I promised myself, I was on pre-trial for like two and a half years, two plus years. That's usually typical how long it takes to uh, to finish a case. Um, so I was just outside and I had just had a son born and I'm like, man, what am I going to do with my life? It was just, everything was tumbling down. I'm a very strong person by nature, so I kind of kept it together, but I was really falling apart at the seams inside. Um, you can imagine. and uh, And so... I said, you know what? Let me look in my ideas because I used to create so many different things that wasn't related to composing music. Yeah. So I looked at my old computer in my mom's house and I looked at this idea to create this sex game. And this is how Triple X Playground started. It, it, it wasn't called Triple X Playground. It, it was called Slip and Slide. It was so cheesy. And I'm like, oh my God, this is a cool game, which was a uh, someone said, I know you can create the best sex game ever because these games suck. Because we used to buy sex games and go to hotels and use them and they just weren't good. <laughs> so we During like, your music industry days or like just... Yeah, throughout my music industry days with my girlfriend at the time, mm -hmm. you know, so she was like, uh, these games are not good. They're like cheesy. You're wasting money. So don't buy them anymore. And I'm like, we bought them all. So she's like, you can make one better. So I had created... In my mind, the way I create coming from music, I create with numbers and thoughts. So I paraphrase things and I put numbers and equations and it's weird. You look at it, you wouldn't understand it, but I can see it and I can visually make out what it what it means. It's just weird. Um, and so I had this game laid out. Like I had the entire game laid out, what each square would be, how many squares it would be, but I didn't. It was just, it was just shallow. It was just the outline, so right, just of the concept, game. Concept, right? It was a concept, yeah. right? And I had shelved it, you know, and I never finished it. So now I'm in pre-trial. I'm going to prison, and I'm like, what am I going to do with my life? I have to reinvent myself. I refuse to give up. Mm -hmm. So I developed the prototype, and then I started having these get-togethers in New York uh, with my girlfriend at the time. And she had a lot of friends because she's a beautician in the industry. And so she knew a lot of people. So we would have all these people show up and we'd have hors d'oeuvres and tequila and whatever. 
And next thing you know, I'll pull out a PowerPoint presentation on the computer. They're like, what's going on? And I would say, hey, guys, so let, I, give me a moment of your time. I want to show you something. And I would present X Playground. They're like, what the hell? And I'm like, boom. And then I'd unveil the prototype. And I had all the pieces stuck on the, you know, glued on it, like Velcroed, and so it won't fall. Yeah. People would be in awe. And then I would hand out this question. funny that you would have a party and then break out into a PowerPoint. Like, that I'm telling you, I'm super, super crazy. Like, I'm fucking really doing this. Yes, yes. <laughs> and she thought I was crazy. But at the same time, I had a questionnaire that I had devised. We had, I think I had 21 questions. And, uh, and basically, I wanted feedback. You know, okay, you see it aesthetic. You see the aesthetics. How can I improve this? How is this game offensive to you? You know, what do you think the price point should be? You know, a lot of questions. Uh, what would you like to see ch different? What kind of cards would you like to? What are the dice offensive? Would you would you change this? What would you change? Is the color scheme? So I mean, I did this for I did this for about a year and a half, uh, if not longer, and I got amazing feedback and i took the information that i felt was relevant mm -hmm. and i incorporated it into you know the new versions and versions of the game because and there were different versions is so important you know Super like, important. a mm -hmm. lot of people miss that at that part of the business development you know like not having the feedback from those that are going to be the end users is mm -hmm. a huge miss so bravo to you for even doing that Thank you. Thank you. But it gets even deeper. So now, uh, so I had that and I had offers because it was the only game, right? It was one of a kind. I got offered a hundred grand to come in as a partner and there was no marketing plan, no distribution plan, no business plan. It was just a board game. Mm -hmm. So somebody was like, look, I'll put up a hundred grand. Let's get this business going. And I was like, I'm going away. How do I tell these people this? No one knew. I was like, no, thank you. You know, I I'll get back to you. And um, I was offered Did that by make several you, people. Like, kind of sad at the moment, though, because you're like, motherfucker, here I have this opportunity, but I got this going on on the side. Or, or you were like, this was a great opportunity, but you know what? I'm just really not even ready to have an investment made just because of where you were in the business in general. All right. I'll be honest with you. I was mentally so irrational yeah. at that moment in my life that um, I didn't think anything of it i was just like they'll be there when i come back mm -hmm. um i tend to be a very optimistic person but i used to be very very narcissistic you know what i mean i really was mm -hmm. and um i didn't humble myself till i went to prison and i really really saw that i lost everything and that i had nothing but i'm an, i want to get to that in a second mm -hmm. right no, 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 not at all. You're, this is great. This is great. So what happened was, um, uh, so I had this game and I, I got all this great feedback and I'm like, okay, this is promising. So I felt like, okay, this is what I'm going to do when I come home. I'm, because, you know, you know that saying sex, drugs, and rock and roll, right? So rock and roll being music, I did that. I had moderate success and I've devoted my entire life to it. I felt like it was time to pivot my direction and then drugs i did that and i made a lot of money but i was empty mm -hmm. i was addicted to adderall mm -hmm. i was completely a mess mm -hmm. and my life was upside down so i didn't want to do that ever again and what was left was sex mm -hmm. so i said you know what 
I love sex. I've had great experiences and I need to somehow develop a brand that revolves around sexuality and really, really engulf in that and really learn this and make it my trait, you know? And so I did that. I set out to do that. When I tell you I read everything, I, I was on the internet all day, every day. I did so much research and development for the brand. Uh, then when when I went away, you know, you can't bring anything with you. But I had uh, colored copies of the of my digital renderings of the game and everything snuck in. Mm-hmm. And so I had this in there. And I was the only one with this stuff. You know, there's 5,000 people there. And I'm the only one with, like, a box full of X Playground ideas and stuff. And if, if anyone has ever had anyone in the federal system or has been in the federal system, they would know that some of the biggest, strongest minds in business are there. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of the wealthiest people are there. Mm-hmm. And so I met some serious people like Alberto Villar who was a not was a nine billion dollar man he started oracle in wall street and um that. like oracle so prestigious it's like everywhere you know yeah Villar, the Villar opera houses around the country that's his oh, right. you know yeah. yeah he's the man so he was my bunkie and i used to physically train him i was a physical trainer i was you know i, I was a trainer so uh we became very good friends. He's my bunkie. We eat together. We talk all the time. And he would teach Spanish. So I would take Spanish classes just because I was bored. Like, honestly, from the moment I walked in to prison, I signed up for school. Mm. I didn't even have a GED, Mizzy. Mm. I never had a GED. I, first book I ever read was at the age of 25 when I went to prison when I was younger. That was my first book. That you know, was the Mike Tyson book, his uh, his memoirs or his life story. If you, I, I think it was his, yeah, his memoirs. And so I started reading and I got fascinated with reading, right? So I, I kept that going. And uh, and so I went to school and I got my GED and I took every elective course you could take. And then I took creative writing classes because I wanted to write a book about my life. Mm-hmm. And I did. In prison, I wrote a book about my life and I got together with some of the strongest minds and I conceptualized my marketing plan, my distro plan, and my business plan for Triple X Playground. And I developed 28 products while I was there. So I created a whole line of games and products and services, hypothetically, of course, but you know, with five-year financial projections. Okay, anytime you're a creative, the funnel needs to be like huge and you got to throw everything against the wall. You know, maybe all 28 will stick, maybe eight will stick. Who the fuck knows? Right. You need that funnel. Yes, but let me explain something to you. Everyone there, we used to call it the compound, right? Everybody in the compound thought I was nuts. Mm. They were like, so they would make jokes about me. We'd spin the yard, like you walk around the yard, and they'd be like, come on, Polo, talk, because my last name is Polo, right? So they'd be like, Polo, talk, tell us about your sex game. And they'd be like, check this out, check this out, right? So I'd start talking, I'd pull out pictures, and they thought I was nuts. Mm. But these guys were my friends, and I'm like, you guys don't understand, like, this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like when I come home, I'm putting this out and I am going to be the king of game. Mm-hmm. I am going to be the remixer. Like Puffy remixed every record that made a career. I'm remixing every game and I'm going to make it have a purpose mm-hmm. for adults. I'm going to create communication tools. And I was like, wow, I'm creating communication tools. So now it, my marketing came about. I said, okay, this is not going to be just a sex game. This is going to be a, a, a real health and wellness game 
because I was still on the first game, right? The heterosexual version of the game. And um, if anyone has seen the game, they know it's very masculine in 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 design. Um, there you go. They, you can see that it's very masculine in design, but there's a lot that went into this. And uh, I have to tell you, I've edited the cards by women, just so that we're clear. Oh, Messi, you're the best. Yes, so that is the board game itself, right? So it's a rendition of, let's say, shoots and ladders. Um, and that's what I do. I take an old game and I'll remix it, but it's completely its own its own thing. It's just aesthetically so that people can have something to say, oh, I remember that because I learned that from the music industry. So half the not half, more than half of the music that you listen to on the radio, you don't even like the music. You're so used to listening to it that it becomes catchy. It's programming. So I felt like it, that's what happens. So when I was a producer, my name was Machiavelli. My partner was Prince. So we were Prince and Machiavelli, like the book, The Prince by Machiavelli. So we took that and we flipped it so that people could say, I know those guys, even if they didn't know us, because what they remembered was the book that they read in college. Mm -hmm. So that's the same take that I took in producing my games. And this is really actually a jewel for anyone who's a creative because they can use this as a uh, uh, as a as a tool for uh, for the process of creating their own thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so I took the game and I said, okay, before when I create this game, now I'm backpedaling to the first prototype. I said, uh, you know, I want this game to be fundamental in 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 essence because I don't want it to be so hard to play, like complicated, and I don't want it to be trivial at all because the universal language is sexuality. You don't have to speak the same language and you can be intimate. You can, you can, you can have that, that union, right? So you don't even need to speak. As a matter of fact, if you speak too much, you kind of kill the mood, right? So, <laughs> so I said, you know what, we're going to keep this full of action and, and uh, the game is going to be full of action, but it, the only time that it'll have any kind of trivial thing is when somebody needs to opt out because maybe they pick a card that's too soon to do that card. So they can hold on to that card and they would pick an opt card, which was a simple question. Now, just so that you know, since I created the game and I'm, I guess, an alpha male, you know, it was coming off very robust, if you will, very manly. And I wanted to tone it down and, and balance it out. So originally the cards, just the verbiage was very manly and I tried to change and change. I had it edit maybe at least. Very manly tone. Well, this is what I was told, right? I, I don't even remember what the cards were. I wish I had the old cards here, but just the way I paraphrase things, you know, and women would tell me, uh, that's cool, but that's not enticing for a girl to hear it that way. Why don't you say it like this? So that got me to thinking. I said, you know what? I want to cater to women for sure. So uh, this game is for couples. It's not just for men. So I said, and honestly, I, I originally thought that my market, my niche was women buying the game. So I said, you know what? Well, I'm going to change this and I'm going to edit it. And I started going through different women, whether they were straight women, bisexual women, or gay women who could help me make the cards feel comfortable mm -hmm. the same thing with the with the silhouettes on the board so it was only women there was no men on the board no oh. silhouettes of men oh. uh, yeah and 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 they were offended by that yeah. a lot of women they were like um i, I want to see a silhouette of a man and i was like 
why didn't I think of that? And I'm like, Jesus. So I changed it up. So there was a lot of things that I, you know, positive input that I took from, from my forums and uh, my gatherings, if you will. And um, I incorporated. So that was definitely one of them. The dice was universally cool. Cause I always left wild and wild and wild. So I left it for your discretion. But as I did that, I started learning a lot too. And I started realizing that, you know, this game, yes, as, as powerful as it is, just as a perfect icebreaker and a great sex game, I said, this is a communication tool. This is going to help people really. There's no, you know, lessen the, the, the need to, uh, you know, to cheat, you know, infidelity is huge. Right. And I'm like, you know, divorce is at an all time high. And I'm like, why would you, if you fell in love with this person, you love this person, right? Why do you need to go outside the bedroom if that person is your person? Mm -hmm. And it's because of lack of communication. I strongly believe it has a lot to do with technology nowadays. Uh, this is why the, the, you know, divorce and these things are at an all time high because we stay in our phones. We communicate by phones. Yeah. Communication in essence is broken down into three parts. Now, don't quote me on the numbers, but I know more or less ballpark figure body language is about in the 70s as far as percentage. And then the cadence on which it's delivered is in the teens. And the smallest part of, of communication is the verbiage, mm -hmm. the, the words that are being used. So if you communicate from DMs and social media and text messages, you lose the two main ingredients in the communication. That's why so many people are misconstrued things that are said and so many arguments just off of texting yeah. and, and DMs. And so I was like, there's a crisis here in communication. So I am going to work diligently on creating communication tools. So now what started as a sex game evolved already in my mind. Like, okay, I have to make a line of communication tools and okay, this game is for heterosexuals, but I need to make it compliant with everyone because you know, I love everyone. I don't care what your sexual preference is. So then I made a game piece that was non-conformant to gender. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, uh, everyone can feel comfortable and they can choose that card. And then I selected cards where, you know, it says male and female, but, it, you know, it's who's to say who's playing that role. Right, you, right. you see what I'm saying? And um, I tried to do a, a, a decent job in translating that so that, everyone would be, um, you know, happy and, and, and want to play this game and use the game. So in all walks of life, all, all genres and subgenres within sexuality, whether, you know, you're straight, you're gay, you're bi, it doesn't matter. Um, from that came, you know, different renditions of the game because now I'm thinking marketing and I'm like, okay, this is heterosexual no matter what, right? So how about, you know, you know, the LGBTQ community and they don't have a game. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to create the LGBTQ version of this game. And then I'm like, but wait a minute, how about the people that are into like BDSM, which myself, I kind of like that stuff. You know what I mean? So I'm like, you know, I'm like, I got to create a game for that. Mm -hmm. So now I felt like, okay, now I'm cornering the market. Now I got, I got it covered. I got BDSM, LGBTQ, and heterosexual, you know, but at the same time, they're communication tools that really bridge that gap in communication. And when it was all said and done, and after I, you know, created the aesthetics and made it, you know, uh, 
aesthetically pleasing and the, the materials. And I said, okay, I want this to be metal. I need the dice to be nickel. And, and I created all that. I said, okay, how am I going to market this where people understand that this is more than a sex game? And, um, and that's when I set out to say, okay, my game has beneficial factors. Aside from the fact that, you know, uh, the materials, just the, the craftsmanship is superior to any sex game on the market. Um, it also has beneficial factors. Number one, it's the perfect icebreaker, right? It it kills the awkwardness. There's no awkwardness when you play this game because you simply select the cards you feel comfortable using and you put the rest to the side. And in that sense, you set the soft limits and the hard limits and you set that safe haven of an environment for yourself. And now you have a place where you can bask and and and, and just honestly break down your inhibitions at your pace, you know? Uh, but the game takes the blame. So I, I may, I quoted the, uh, I trademarked, you know, you set the environment, we take it there or blame it on the game. So basically there's no criticism, no judgment. It, uh, stronger bonds come from this. Uh, you take your sexuality to new heights. Uh, you bridge the gap in communication and you really learn your partner because so many times both male and female and transgender are, are, are embarrassed to tell their significant other or their partner at the time, hey, listen, you know, I'm into this, or I would like to explore this. I would like to try this. Have you ever thought about the lifestyle? Uh, this is a perfect tool for a segue into learning, you know, the fundamentals of the lifestyle. So I feel like it's a multi-purpose game, but at the end of the day, it's actually, it can really wear the title health and wellness. You know, because a lot of people say, you know, a vibrator, health and wellness, or this, and that's cool. I, but, but there's so such a psychological approach into creating this game and the marketing campaign behind it that it really is a force to be reckoned with. And I think that people, once they're educated, they understand it. They're gonna be like, I need that game. I need that tool. You know what I mean? And so, and then now I'm developing the app. Oh, are you? Yeah. So now the app. Uh, will so you know how it comes with the little sand? Yeah. Uh, so the all right. So let me tell you about that. So the sand uh, timer is a one minute sand timer, mm -hmm. and originally I had uh, all the cards and the dice were for three minutes, but once again, from from speaking to people and getting feedback, they were most women were like, "My man can't last three minutes when he sees me playing with myself. He's gonna get too excited and it's gonna be over." I was like, wow, that's a problem. I'm like, all men are not the same. Mm -hmm. So I was basing it on what I thought was a fair number for myself. Mm -hmm. And I can't, you can't create a product and make it too personal. You have to think the masses. Right. So I had to rethink that. And I, I really struggled with that because I didn't want to make it one minute. But, but you know, a lot can go on in one minute. A one minute is a long fucking time. Oh my God. But so let me tell you what the silver lining was. From that one minute decision for making it one, because it was unanimous. Every woman said, don't make it more than a minute. Yeah. So I said, okay, cool. Came the fact that I realized that this is an edging game. That this game teaches you the power in edging and how you can prolong your sexual sessions mm -hmm. by having an edging session, mm -hmm. you know? And it just, it you get, it's so erotic. It's so arousing. That I said, Jesus, I just tapped into something that I didn't even realize. So I was like, it's one minute for sure, right? Yeah. So I made, 
<laughs> so I made the, the timer for one minute. But when I started conceptualizing, uh, pseudocoding the, the, the app, I said, these are the problems. If When this game goes global, what, what happens to the people that don't understand or read English? How are they going to play the game? Mm-hmm. Easy fix. I said, okay, I'm going to put a translator in the app so anyone in the world can play the game and just have pick their language and it'll translate. So now the app pretty much has the cards and the refill packs you can download, uh, which I haven't spoke about yet, and the dice, right? And and I don't want to give it all away, but it has a 14-language translator. So I went back into my research and I realized where the cam girls were hitting the most making the most money globally. And I picked those 14 languages, those countries, if you will. And I said, I have to make the game compatible to those predominant countries because that will make this a global game, not just a domestic game. And um, I get emails all over the world now asking me, you know, will you ship over here? And the app's not even ready. Like they don't even care. So imagine when the app comes. The app is going to be free, but it's going to be subscription based. From it, yeah. Mm-hmm. From it. So, but the app is going to be amazing because not with the game, you, 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 everyone has to be in a room to play it. Mm-hmm. But with the app, you, someone can be in the far end. You could be in the near end, and you could still play the game and still have the experience. So, because pretty much the whole game is on the app, yeah. and so that makes it super cool for. You know, I'll give you an example. Say, you know, a, a couple where, you know, the woman travels for business or the man travels for business, but they call each other at night and they can play the game and have a session, you know. It's not just the woman pleasing the man visually. The the man can do it as well. Right. And they can have that that union, you know, and, and that really, uh, that makes it fun. You know, that makes it a lot of fun. And I mean, there's a lot to the app that's going to come. Like a third person could come in as a voyeur they cannot record it they can't take snapshots the screen goes black mm-hmm. and there's a lot of encrypted security measures to make sure that it protects your privacy mm-hmm. but at the same time it makes it for an incredible experience and that's what i wanted ultimately to create with this game was a box that helps you think outside the box and at the same time it's an experience an ongoing experience every time you play it it's a new experience you never know what you're going to get even though you set the soft limits and the hard limits because it's still random right so um i think that you know i did a really good job with this game i'm getting raving reviews on it and uh i just feel very happy of where uh the potential of where this company can go just as a whole just for the, you know the games, just just the games because that's my flagship product, mm-hmm. and there's so much more to come. Like I told you, yeah. the apps, the platform that I'm building, things like that. It's so great, you know. Like one of the things that really just enticed me so much with the conversation mm-hmm. that we originally had was the carry back to it being a communication tool. Because mm-hmm. I know you're not necessarily a swinger, and you're not you don't really live in the swingers world, but lifestyle alternative in general. And a lot of what I see from swingers is the lack of communication. They don't know how you mentioned it, how to present, you know, the things that they want to enjoy or try and experience or, you know, whether it's fear, they feel uncomfortable, they feel insecure, whatever those things are. When you started to present it as a communication tool, I was like, this guy's got something here because I have not heard of a game 
presented in that fashion, you know, and mm -hmm. it really is a tool. It really mm -hmm. is. First off, it's a beautifully put together game is the quality of it. You know, the fun interactions, the cards and stuff there. And there are a lot of cards. For you to choose <laughs> yes. from. So you do have a different experience all the time. And mm -hmm. it just was really wonderful to hear how well thought out you brought it and where you understand that the intimacy yeah, intimacy is great and sex is fun, but intimacy means so much more than just intercourse. You know, intimacy right. is the connection within your brain. It is the connection on how you want to feel with somebody, which makes you so much more sexually aroused when you do have that connection. So to present it in such a healthy way, I just thought was just brilliant. I was like, this is fucking so smart. Yes, of course. Like, yes, we need this game. Yes, we need to start promoting it. And yes, I need my people to see it because communication is critical and we lack that, especially like you were saying with social media, I think people forget how to communicate. You know, mm -hmm. it's so easy to just send words through a DM and not even recognize or realize what you're saying or who you're ultimately saying it to. You know, I well, how it's going to be perceived. Right, exactly. I have people send stuff to me in my messenger, and I really want to turn around and be like, you know what, motherfucker, you've never met me before. <laughs> Why would you even say something like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And I think that like our class and just morals and things have gone out the window. But when you presented it in this way and the connection and, you know, the distance and being able to still have intimacy with your partner in such a unique, fun way... I was just like, this whole thing is just remarkable. I just was so just impressed with your thought process and the building. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I, like I already said, like consumer research is one of my most favorite things, you know, coming from the corporate world, it's like, you know, you had so many steps that one has to do before a product is developed. And it's very, very rare that you see somebody within the lifestyle community that has gone through the in-depth build that you've gone through so that also you know really brought me to really value what you were doing because it shows that you're super serious i'm not saying that the that those that have you know created products are not serious but i just haven't had conversations with you like whatever i don't want to offend anybody is all i'm saying but you know yeah. you know I, I don't mean it that way but it's just really great to hear your thought process and especially in such a unique way, you know, for you to be in prison and, and, you know, you'd be building this, you know, game is, is just the whole thing is just so fascinating to me. And it's just really powerful that you took something kind of sort of negative in that period of time, but really focused on building something that you're so passionate about, you know, so to be able to experience it with you today has just been really just fun to, you know, hear and, you know, be part of all together. You know, as I rock, you know, the swag and stuff, we haven't even gotten into any of that yet because I know yeah. the game is your highlight, but, you know. I just want to touch a little bit more on the game. Yeah, um, keep going. If that's cool. Yeah, so, going. I, I, so I wanted, you mentioned that, you know, I'm not in the lifestyle and currently I am not. Uh, definitely something that sounds very intriguing and interesting to me. I've been, uh, uh, so I just, I want, I want to explain something. Prior to launching the game, let's say 2017 is when I actually came home. That's when I said, okay, this is what I got. I was super tunnel vision focused. You would think I was on Adderall, but I was not. And I'm like, okay, this is what I got to do. Boom, 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 boom. This is what I'm doing. Boom, boom. And I said, okay. And I was dating someone who I thought I was going to marry. So I knew her my entire life. And uh, we're very good friends. And uh, she came from the adult industry as far as uh, she was a stripper. Uh, pretty much her entire adult life and um, uh, let's just say she was
It was very easy on the eye. And, uh, you know, she was just amazed by the game. So she was like, oh, my God, we have to do this. You know, we're going to get married. And she's like, we should just engulf the whole thing and just become swingers. And I was like, what? At first, I had to, like, what, Scooby-Doo? Like, what? And then she's like, no, because you're, you're a dom. And she just started telling me these things that I was like, I'm a dom? So I started researching. Yeah. What's a dom? You know? And she was like, no, yes, you're this, you're that. And I'm like, okay. So without going too much into detail about that, let's just say that I learned a great deal. And so the game got that much more kinkier. Yeah. And then uh, Twitter is triple X play G R N D. So you, I ran out of characters, so yeah, I had to abbreviate. Triple, yeah, you're right. They literally- yeah, you'll see it. But it's Triple X Playground for the most part uh, on any platform. I'm even on Tumblr. <laughs> no one's on Tumblr anymore. I posted Tumblr. I, like, I posted I Tumblr, Tumblr, but I don't know how to get on there. It's so funny. Yeah, it's weird. They don't have uh, great customer service, but I like I like Tumblr. Yeah. You know, I get a lot of inf- um, ideas from there. Yeah. Uh, and actually, I did a lot of research on there, and I learned a lot. I great a, a great deal. Yeah, it's so great. Well, I'm so happy that you joined me as a guest. And I'm really looking forward to the conversations that are going to be coming up with you. Some of them are going to be what your thoughts are of the swingers lifestyle since, you know, like that's my side of it. <laughs> I wanted to get like a male perspective of, of that. We are going to talk in depth about whether or not you, you know, have troubles with communication and how to overcome that. Um there are some other topics, but those are some of the highlights that will be coming up in the next couple of weeks. And of course, if you have any questions at all and you want to hear us talk about anything further, email me at mizzybender at outlook.com. Be sure to sub- subscribe to my website, mizzybender.com, uh, for all the latest and greatest morning shows that are put out there, as well as shows that we're going to attend and who knows what else is out there. So until next time, you guys, we'll talk to you super soon. Bye, everyone. 